Hey, you're back with Brittany. I'm the owner of Brittany Elliott LLC and the creator of Back to You in Five. I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. Um, this episode is titled, You Don't Have to Be Your Parents. And I'd like to approach this episode with a little more care than usual because I'm talking about parents. <laughs> and um, I love our parents. And this is all coming from a place of love, not a criticism to any of our parents, but an observation and an illustration of growth. Um, So as this episode goes on, you'll probably understand more of what I mean when I'm saying that. So let's jump into it. To learn more about the importance of self-care and how to incorporate it seamlessly into your life, register for my free workshop, Your Self-Care Journey, The Why, The What, and The How, at the link in the description. I've spoken to a few mothers about this um, topic, I guess we can call it, and it's basically us creating our own path as parents and that path just sometimes isn't in line with the the way our parents did it so there are a lot of things I do with my daughter that my mother believes are odd like (laughs) <laughs> how I handle meal times, for example. Like I don't make my daughter finish her plate. I don't withhold dessert until after dinner. Like I often serve it all together for her. Um, and I let my daughter decide what she's going to do with her plate. And I remember when I was growing up, there were times where like I couldn't even leave the table if I didn't finish the plate or if there was something that I didn't like, you know, it was maybe in my mind, it really wasn't happening that way. Because now that I'm thinking about it, like I cannot force my daughter to do anything. You know, I can't force her to eat anything, try anything. Um, So I'm not sure, um, like, how they even did it. The only detail that I can remember is I was sitting at the table for, like, what felt like forever because I wouldn't eat a certain something, um, which is just a different, just just something different than how I actually do it. Um, And even the idea of, like, not working, like, not working a traditional, like, you know, job, like a nine to five or whatever. I work, I work full time outside of the home, um, outside of my LLC, like my LLC is just a side thing. Um, but I was talking to my mother about how we have no plans of having any more children. Um, we're just a one and done type of you know, couple. Um, But if we ever did have more, if, you know, something changed with um, what we want or whatnot, um, I was telling her that I would like to be in a position um, to not have to work, at least not in a traditional like office situation. And my mother seemed so offended. 
because her response to me was that, you know, well, I did it. You know, she did it because she did. I have, you know, two brothers. I'm the middle child. And there was a point where my mom was working, you know, two jobs. And I, I think that, you know, me saying that that's what I would, I want, what I would want maybe, maybe offended her or she maybe felt like, um, like maybe she would was encouraging me like, no, 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 no. You can absolutely work and have more kids. Um, but I, so I had to explain to her that I feel completely capable of doing it. I just wouldn't want to, and it just wouldn't be my first like option. That wouldn't be my ideal way of doing it. And I believe we as I guess I'll call us like new age type of parents, I guess. We often have to explain our parenting strategies to our parents. Um, And they are often strategies our parents just do not understand. And I find that to be the case, not just with parenting, but in life, okay? Other generations of people believe that our generation may just be soft or lazy just based off of how we live our life. I'm 33 years old, so I'm a millennial. um, And I've worked with people like in, you know, professional jobs in the professional world where, you know, I've worked with people who are, you know, twice my age and even older. And you can just tell by, you know, some of the ideas that we may pitch and things like that. There's, it's just, we're different. We've just grown up in different times. Our expectations of things are a little bit different. Um, the fact that we strive for work-life balance and have different types of job opportunities, um, that's just a part of life. So, of course, there's going to be some discourse in parenting styles. I find that completely normal. What is not normal, though, is to have to justify your actions to your parents in a way that doesn't benefit you. And this goes back to when I discussed how your village is so important because it has to be able to sustain tough conversations and the members of your village have to respect your boundaries and there has to be space for conversation. Um, And when I say parents, I just want to say like may not be your parent. It could be aunts, uncles, like basically the general the generation before you or older who just have different views. It, it, it may not even be generationally. Like you may be talking to someone who's only five, 10 years older than you. And just, you know, there's a lot of things that can up, um, to, can impact um, why people may do things differently than you. So this topic basically came from me talking to other women, other mothers about instances where we've had to kind of uh, take a stance and really set boundaries on things that we're okay with and things that we're not okay with. Um, So for example, if you are someone who feels strongly about monitoring screen time um, or specific meal options or gentle parenting, 
I believe you should only have to explain your reasoning like a maximum of three times, maybe. And I say that because the first time you explain something, it may just be truly a shock like to the other party. Um, so it'll take them a minute to process it, right? The second time is more of an elaboration, like maybe more examples of how to put things into practice. And then by that third time, in most situations, I'll say in most situations, by that third time, implementation should be clear and it should be moving forward um, at that point. And I also want to say I'm obviously talking about people that you work with or not work with, but people that you're around with your child often, which is why I'm typically talking about like, you know, parents or maybe aunts and uncles who are around often. If you see like your grandparent, like your child's great grandparents once or twice a year, you may have to be explaining some of these things to them every time you see them <laughs> because they're not around you all the time to see how your parenting style is kind of unfolding. And you know me, I'm, um, you know, I, I work with mothers on reconnecting with themselves through self-care. I am not a parenting expert. I don't really like know all about parenting strategies. I look to, you know, parenting coaches to um, help me navigate, na navigate, <laughs> navigate parenting. So I'm not really giving parenting advice right now like i'm talking more about um our relationships that we have with our parents and other people in our lives so i want to mention um if you have a situation with monitoring screen time like we're gonna go to screen time specifically right now and if there's a bit of a fight with your parents about screen time. So I'm talking like tablets, phones, computers, etc. like etc. You really have to think about like what the issue is between you and whomever you're having an issue with monitoring screen time. Let me lay out something. Let me lay out a situation. So well this is kind of a good example. So my older brother, I've mentioned him before. He has two sons and they, he and his wife are very, um, they set the expectation that they don't want their children, like, you know, watching TV. And as they've gotten older, as the kids have gotten older, they give a little bit of time, like maybe it's an hour um, each week where they can actually, you know, watch TV um, or, you know, play games on tablets, whatever it is. So that's a very, like, limit for them. That's an expectation. That's something that they ask of us to, you know, not just if we're with the kids, just don't let them watch TV all day. And that was very hard for my mom because she watches a lot of TV. So if the kids were over, she would want to, you know, like take them through a whole Disney collection of films. And that's just not something that um, my brother and his wife were, you know, really on board to do. So if you're having a situation like that, that's going on with like tablet time, cell phones, um, computers and your parents um, are like 
no, I'm going to let them, you know, do whatever. It's just a phone. It's no big deal. You really have to think about like what the pushback reason is because the tablets, cell phones, and computers weren't even a thing for our parents. Like we got our first computer in my home when I was in elementary school, I believe. And I'm 33 years old. So this technology that we have now is well beyond our parents and the understanding, whatever medical information or whatever, the understanding of how those things impact um, our kids as far as tablet time and whatnot. It, it's <laughs> if if they if our parents have an issue with following our lead on setting screen time limits, all I'm saying is there may be something deeper that needs to be discussed because you would actually be the expert on that technology in that situation, in my opinion, <laughs> because we grew up with it. And so basically all of the information I kind of think about that they have about how um, tablet time and screen time impacts kids or whatever is basically what they've learned from us coming up with it, you know, scientifically. So all I'm saying is, our parents don't really have a leg to stand on to say, well, I've raised my kids through a time where there were tablets because they actually haven't, you know, we're doing that. So anywho, back to, <laughs> back to the three times of explan uh, explanation. So after three times, I feel that you should feel empowered to respectfully decline explaining your stance on that. Um, and my husband and my parents have become really good at being able to um, explain our position on things to other people, even if it's a simple, um, like her parents don't want Bristol doing that. Um, and they're, it's their decision, so we respect it. And that's literally all we can ask for. And that's all that you can demand as well, because not everyone is going to agree with the way you want to raise your children. Um, and I know I'm not using like, like specific situations all the time because this didn't come from a specific situation of my own, like that I had that unfolded with my parents. It's just a culmination of, you know, having a, a like consortium, so to speak, with other mothers that I know and just running into situations where we have to explain our stance or our parenting styles to our parents or our aunts or something like that. And, and it, almost always having to be a conversation and you don't have to feel like there's a portion, there's a part of like respecting our, el our elders, of course. And there's a part of respecting ourselves. If someone's just wanting to have a conversation with you just for it to lead to debate or an argument, you don't have to keep putting yourself through that. Okay. So let's talk about a few things that were not the norm when we were children, but has become the norm now. So the first thing I'll talk about is greeting. Um, so a lot of parents now are not forcing their children to hug or greet people, whether it's friends, family, other eyes, 
whether we're visiting someone or someone is coming over, we let our kids come around to greeting in their own time. So when I was younger, this was not like really an option. When I went to someone's house or someone came over, I had to hug them, you know, even if I didn't know them. And I remember as a child, you know, feeling uncomfortable. So I don't force my daughter to do this. And there's actually, I think, a lot of research out there now for, um, like, when it comes to parenting styles, like, reasons why you shouldn't force your kids to do that. I encourage you to do your own research on that because I don't have all the details on that. And that's not my scope of practice. Um, but generally, like, some people, like, on the receiving end, like, the people who are not being greeted may see this as a sign of disrespect in a way. Um, while I feel it's just a healthy way to allow our children to establish their own boundaries and to get, you know, comfortable with the environment before they have to approach people. And this is something that I can see is specific to like me and my family, like something that I have experienced. If we go to like, let's say my mom, if we go to my mom's house and my daughter doesn't want to give my mom a hug, doesn't want to give her grandmother a hug, I don't make her. And I don't let my mom keep asking her for a hug from her. And I've told her, which my mom doesn't do that much anymore, but because I've set the boundary, like when she was younger, like, hey, she doesn't have to hug you right now. And I'm not going to make her hug you right now. Because 10 times out of 10, Bristol comes around when she's ready and, you know, gives my mom a hug. And like, for me, part of that is just, you know, treating my daughter like her own person. Like sometimes you just don't want to, it's like, you can be happy to see somebody and want to be around them, but not necessarily like, you know, want to hug them or want to, you know, do all that. So I, you know, I, my daughter says, you know, hi, or sometimes she gets goofy and giddy and, you know, plays a little game, but she always comes around. And that's just her personality. On the other side of that, there are some parents who I understand have children who are really triggered by, you know, seeing people they aren't as familiar with, or they're really triggered by like touch and things like that. So which in some of these things are, again, things that we're learning in real time in 2022, more and more and more about things that trigger young children. So you got to advocate for your kid. <laughs> and so greeting, greeting is one of those things that's, that's just has changed. It's not really uh, something that was normal back then, but it's becoming more normal now. Um, another one is family dynamics. So my husband and I are very picky about who we let our daughter consider to be like an aunt or an uncle. So when I was younger, Anyone who was a close friend of the family was my auntie or my uncle. That's just like kind of how it played out. Um, and we don't do that. Like Bristol knows who our aunts and uncles are. And like he and I kind of set the boundaries on that for those relationships. And everyone else is Mr. or Miss and like such and such. And um 
I'm trying to like give you a specific reason on why we do that. I think mostly for my husband and I, it's basically just, I mean, all these people aren't your aunt and uncle. I think it's just like setting boundaries for us and, um, you know, like just kind of treating people accordingly. I think that's why we do it, like not to offend anybody or anything like that, but just um, for like if if let's say my brother has our daughter out somewhere, which you guys know, <laughs> I really only let Bristol out with people who are like, you know, just in our village. It's very rare that she's just, you know, out with, you know, just like one of her uncles. But let's say, for example, she was out and then you know, my brother was like, hey, this is my friend, whomever. This is your uncle such and such. Well, no, that's not your uncle. That's Mr. Whomever. And that's your uncle's friend. I don't know. That's just how we do it. And um, I actually know a lot of people who do that. That just wasn't normal for me when I was growing up. So that may be something for you as well. That's a norm now, but wasn't a norm when you were a child. Gentle parenting. So gentle parenting is a parenting approach that encourages a partnership between you and your child to make choices based on an internal willingness instead of external pressures. And this is completely different from how I was raised, which felt more like a hierarchy, like do what my parents say. So if I'd have like a tantrum, I'd be in trouble for it in some situations or um, we'd have to just ride it out like where we were type of thing. So if I was having a tantrum in the mall, my mom may just sit down and let me have a tantrum in the mall and everybody would just, you know, maybe be walking around watching me have a tantrum and that would create like a lot of anxiety for my mother and who knows what kind of anxiety that I was under at that time whereas with my daughter I've left the grocery store a couple of times if my daughter is having a tantrum like literally left a cart full of groceries just to give her time to collect herself um or I'd just go back another time and I apologize for any of the workers who had to deal with my um, abandoned cart. But like for me and for Bristol, when she's having a tantrum, typically she needs to be pulled away um, from the situation and to be somewhere familiar, even if it's just to be sitting in the car while she gets her feelings together. And I respect that. And if that inconveniences me <laughs> while we're at the store, then that just has to be it at that time. And even at home, I approach discipline with choices. For example, if I ask her to clean up her toys and she says no, like me, instead of jumping to do it now because I said so, I approach it with your options are clean up your toys by yourself or clean them up with mommy. Like no is not an option. <laughs> like you're, it's not going to not get done. And um, gentle parenting, like at least as I'm learning it or approaching it, like isn't an exact science. Um, but there are many different strategies to approaching it. And I'd like to believe that I am a gentle parent, but this is an approach that's different um, than 
how my parents different and or how my parents did it. And it may be different from how you have been raised. And I'm not saying that this style of parenting is better than what my parents did. I'm just saying that it's different. So when I'm talking to my parents about how I deal with discipline, they may look at me like, you are bonkers. <laughs> just make that child do, you know, like this, this or that. So sometimes they're just like, well, is okay, girl, <laughs> live your best life with this parenting thing, you know. Um, and, and that I want to, you know, shine light on that too. I'm not saying that what we do now is necessarily better than what our parents did. I'm just saying that's definitely different. Um, another thing that's different is common allergens. So this is just like with food, as simple as things we've learned through science and study over the years. When we were children, our parents offered us a lot of different foods at an earlier age. And now we all know there are common allergens in foods that are prone to choking um, that we kind of get briefed on before we leave the hospital now with our kids. And I remember my mom didn't understand why I would cut grapes like long ways. And I was telling her, you know, well, they are choking hazards and whatever. And she like reminisced on like when I was younger, she used to just give them to me whole. And so I just, you know, asked her like, okay, cool. But can you just not give Bristol them whole and just cut them long ways? And it was like that simple. So what I'm talking about isn't necessarily always like a brawl or like, you know, a huge debate. It's not necessarily that. It's just there may be things that we do that our parents or people older than us or people who even have older kids are like, hmm, that seems strange. <laughs> like, why don't you just give your kid that? Or if they can't go to sleep, like, why don't you put a little rum on their bottle? And we're like, no, mm -mm, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we would rather not do that. I will also say that there are parents who are, you know, our age or there are parents that are younger than me who are comfortable doing some of these things that, um, you know, that are opposite from what the way that I would do them. This is basically just you feeling empowered to defend or advocate for whatever your parenting style is and not feel like you can't hold your ground um, with your parents or whomever, basically. Um, so the last one, I think this is the last one. This one isn't a trend, but it's my personal anecdote. Um, so I strongly believe that children should always have supervision by a responsible adult. And my belief isn't one I try to convert people to. Um, but for Bristol, if we go see family or have people over and there are, you know, kids, you know, room full of kids or whatever, I do my best to be in the same room as the kids or be able to see them from the other room that we are in. And this is directly from my experiences I've had as a child being in unsupervised space and understanding the benefit of having a responsible adult around. And I've offended people in my own family for not allowing my daughter to just go play with the kids like you know if someone says oh hey all the kids are upstairs and we're down here well unfortunately bristol's gonna have to be down here with us or i'm gonna have to go and be up there with them because i strongly feel like there needs to be an adult 
you know, monitoring, you know, what the kids are doing at all times. Um, and as much as I am not okay with offending people I love, I am more okay with my kids being in situations. Um, I am, or I guess I should say, I am more not okay <laughs> with kids being in situations where they are left to their own devices. So feel empowered to do things a bit differently than your parents and know that you're doing it from a place of grace and growth. Um, it's not a direct correlation that you feel your parents did anything wrong. Like, that's not what that means. I like to think that our parents did their best, you know, the best they could with the resources they had available at the time when we were younger. And we are doing the exact same thing. It's just that it looks differently because the deformation, the deformation, <laughs> the different information we have now, <laughs> that's why it looks differently. Um, so I'd love to hear about your deviations from things that were the norm for, um, you know, your parents as they were raising you. So DM me or email me. My email address is Brittany at back to you in five.com. Um, I would love to hear just like some of your things that, you know, you know, your parents did when like you were younger that you don't do, um, for your child and your reasons behind that. Um, I appreciate you all listening and I will talk to you very, very soon. To learn more about Back to You in 5, visit backtoyouin5.com or follow at Back to You in 5 on Instagram where you'll find self-care tips and strategies. Remember, motherhood is a journey, not a destination.